Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. Other podcasts are available through our website, brumradio.com. Uh, hi, everybody, and welcome to Geeky Boom Podcast. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, guy. A uh, hi, Ryan. A uh, hi, Josh. I can't, I can't cope. <laughs> uh, hi, Dave. I'm slightly scared by this experience already. <laughs> uh, hi, Phil. Uh, hi, Ryan. <laughs> you're my favourite customer. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you look very sexy today. I like that hi, dress. <laughs> uh, hi, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping this ends soon, at some point. It's tearing me apart, Lisa. Uh, two's company, Callum. Freeze a crowd on this sofa. <laughs> so if you have a guess, we're doing a room special whilst actually we're all watching the room and recording this podcast. I am so excited. I've never seen this film before and already I'm obsessed. Yes. So if you've not heard of The Room, Guy, do you want to fill us in? What have got sweet in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh... It's just the you're, best you're, movie you're, ever. Do you know what? It's just, that's just the, that noise sums it up, really. <laughs> it's the best worst movie ever made. So this film cost six million pounds to produce, uh, made in two thousand and three, and it earned sixteen hundred dollars at the box office on a two week release. And Tommy Wiseau paid for this to be in for two weeks, so he could be Oscar qualification. That's it. Oscar qualifications, so he thought this was, this was Oscar-worthy. Yeah. Oh, please please Oscar tell worthy. me they gave him a nomination no. just to be kind. No. So after, after spending about a grand, <laughs> a grand on the movie, did he spend the rest of the month, the rest of that six million on getting it into cinemas? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the billboard he used to promote it, where he yeah. like, literally looks... Just um, his face. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't even look like him, though. That's the weird thing about it. It looks like Marco Pierre White. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, he doesn't quite look like anything or anybody ever. He looks like one of Anne Rice's vampires. (laughs) (laughs) After being hit in the face with a frying pan. Yeah, yeah, like, like he he hasn't had fresh blood in a while, and that's why his face looks that way. Okay, Geron, to people who don't know the room, explain a bit about what it is. Right, so this is the best, worst film ever made. It is pretty much scored zero on every single movie ranking website in the world. Uh, but it has become a cult favourite of quite a few Hollywood celebrities. I think it was Ant-Man himself. Scott, what's his face? Paul Rudd. <clears throat> Paul Rudd. Yes. So Paul Rudd has uh, basically a champion this movie. got it shown at a local cinema. And there's things that you do during this movie now to enjoy the experience. So it's like a Rocky Horror style. Yeah, it's pretty to much. Things and things. I think we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back to this a bit later because yeah. we are going to have a little bit about this and uh, on the James Franco's the disaster. Artist. Yeah, so yes. I'm going to talk about that in the room a bit more later in the show. But Ryan, how are you? Let's give you first this week. Not good, thank you. I'm still full of chocolate from Thursday night. Oh, <laughs> we went to the launch of Hotel Chocolate and George, Dave, and Phil joined me there. I was your I was your yes. date because yes. Miss, Mrs. Geeky Brummy didn't want to come. Cheap date because it was free, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he got oh, plied with Jim guy, I'm, I'm a vodka. cheap date anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but we all got plied with cocoa gin, salted caramel vodka, prosecco, and hot chocolates and lots of chocolate to eat as well. And I, ice it was cream. incredible. It was amazing. Yes. Ice cream with mince pie sauce. Incredible. Whilst yes. I was slopping it at the gym. <laughs> trying to body shave us all. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, you, you trying to body shave us doesn't work. Oh, gosh. But, yeah. It's fat sods. 
And the night before that, I was at Aluna with George as well. Yeah, we've come out a lot this week. Yes. Are you two just carrying on an affair behind my Viv's backs? To be fair, it has been a while since I've been mistaken for your wife, so clearly we need to sort this out. Yes, it has been. But it's the bloggy thing that's going on. There's loads of bloggy events going on in Birmingham at the minute. It seems like massively ramped up in the Christmas Yeah, Christmas rush, isn't it? Yes. Guy, what have you been up to? I got trolled and I was fuming. I've been trolled this week. How did you get trolled? Okay, we're going to talk about rubbish Christmas adverts in a bit, but we all know I have very strong feelings towards JD Sports <laughs> yes. and their promotional <laughs> techniques for Christmas. So I sent them quite an aggressive message on Twitter saying basically what they've done as a Christmas advert is utterly disgusting. I've not seen that Christmas ad. Oh, it's the greatest we'll show thing. It, we'll show it, yeah. It's the best thing. Um, so I was fuming about this, and then I posted this on Facebook, and I, I tagged I tagged one of my friends, and I'm not going to say the friend because this will link back to this other person. Anyway, about five minutes later, I had a um, a, a message come, a notification come through, and it was um, a, a self righteous speech about how everybody's subject uh, subjectional, and they if they wanted to do this with their ad, that they're entitled to. They didn't like my leopard print coat and floral shirt combination. <laughs> and basically, if JD Sports want to do this, that should, I shouldn't have a comment. And it's Christmas, shouldn't we all be in the Christmas spirit? I have no idea who this person was. They were a friend of a friend who just seemed to have latched onto my status and decided it was their position and their right to make a comment on it. Oh, I, mean, I think it's adorable. Person. I think it's adorable that you're still posting statuses to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but do, do you know what? It was like. It was. I have no idea who you are. I don't care who you are. I know if I meet you, I'm probably going to call you the C word. And you have no right to comment on my status about how you think I should be the Christmas spirit and how good JD Sports are. What a blend. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, there's, there's something very surreal about listening to Guy rant while we're in the screen. <laughs> uh, Tommy Wiseau is doing the strangest lovemaking scene with like a sort of boys to men rip off soundtrack. Wait, we get to the belly button bit? Yeah. But like, so I get... He keeps holding his hair out of his face so that the camera can see his face while he's kissing her. <laughs> I get with like Twitter that people comment on people's statuses and that's a thing. Yeah, that's what Twitter's kind of a platform for. Yeah. But Facebook, if someone's tagged in a post, do you jump on that status and make a comment? If, no, if that person hasn't even liked it themselves or commented, why would you do that? Anyway, I beat him into submission. I tagged my friend in it. I was like, why is he, why is your friend creeping on my status? Has he got nothing better to do? And he deleted it. <laughs> They called me creeping. Well, do you know what? what it's a Sunday afternoon. Do you know what? I'm going to go on my computer and I'm going to make a comment and some random person straight. Do you know what? Go have a Thank you for that podcast. Well, do you know what? Do you know what? It's true. It's kind of like you've got nothing better to do to say what I comment on what I'm saying about JD Sports. <laughs> I think we've reached the belly button bit. Yes. That's yeah. not where that goes. It's very much like the simulated lovemaking and like a late night Channel 5 movie where there is no way thrusting there. That's going to get anywhere near where it's meant it's to go. It's not even I mean, This is... I mean, Fox Mulder would be ashamed at this on Red Shoes Warriors. <laughs> I feel like my thunder's been stolen by Tommy Wiseau's ass. <laughs> and the rose. They've just been, like, delicately, like, caressing each other with the rose. Anyway, George, what have you been up to this week? I, I didn't last very life. long. 
from the start. I've forgotten how excruciating the room is. Ah. Um, well, mostly <laughs> I've been hanging out with you this week. Pretty much. Um, yeah, well, I'm just going to go see you above for what my week was like. <laughs> you two need to get a room. The room. <laughs> oh. This guy can't even act like he's asleep convincingly. <laughs> no so one's. He's in pain. What is he doing? <laughs> God. Dave, what have you been up to? Um, work. But you and I hung out last night, and yeah, just. Right. Oh, yeah. do, do you like actually see your wife anymore? Viv decided to go out and have fun without me last night. She went out with her friend from college, and they went to. The cock and bull in Sourbridge. <laughs> <laughs> they specialise in chicken and steak. I bet they do. <laughs> but she was out last night and she stopped at mum and dad, so they came over, we had Burger King by delivery. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. Yes. And then played Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah, such a good game. And then I thought I might I showed Dave the Tommy um, the Terry Crews video oh, of Terry Crews eating hot wings, which is oh. one of the most hilarious things of all time. Yeah, it's I, I love Terry Crews anyway, but that video was incredible. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, no. To be fair, I mean, like say other than the uh, the chocolate cafe, which I think I'm still coming down off a sugar, <laughs> off a sugar hangover. <laughs> <laughs> sugar plus alcohol hangover was not good on Friday morning. Yeah. In the office. I, I, oh. I have I have no regrets about the two the uh, the two things of that salt and caramel vodka that I had though because yeah. yeah that I, I think I think you you guys are saying it's a it was a little too sweet for your taste but I was loving it yeah and we got goodie bags as well yes how really good goodie bags Phil what have you been up to so I accompanied you it's predominantly to, you. Uh, <laughs> to the Hotel Chocolate Cafe and then are you um, feeling jealous? Do you know what? I'm like the only one not getting a piece of your junk. Come get me. I was going to say that. I was waiting for them to come around to me to be like, oh, well, I'm not hanging out with Ryan, apparently. And John Cameron, I'm a we'll popular meet, we'll meet guy. Yeah. <laughs> you live in Redditch and you're a student. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you make it sound like with the drinks aside. I mean, Callum can tell that better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Philip. Um, yeah, so after the, um, the Hotel Chocolat Cafe um, event, um, went for a, another drink with George and Dave and then I joined my team from Star Birmingham for additional drinks which means that the next morning when I was meant to be getting on a train to London to go and spend the day at Google I woke up fully clothed with the lights still on no idea what time it was because my phone had died (laughs) (laughs) so basically I I was hung over at Google yesterday yes what did you do at Google I was at an event called Media Slap um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just come in and just get it was, it was the uh, I mean it was yeah it, it was a, a, a trendy media event um, and uh, there was I mean there was free food and then they, they put on some wine at four o'clock so, so you, on it. you so basically got the train to get some free wine <laughs> I mean yeah, yeah. It, it is there were sandwiches too are you like when this show's over today? Are the poor are you just going to get into bed together? Because we are at Ryan's gaff right now. By the sounds of it, you've been in bed all week together. So just you know, why not? A I'm a there. popular guy. You're we were saying that together. Did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> we have like we have like a, a group chat without you guys. <laughs> it's fine, guys. You and me, I'll hang out. You can have your own WhatsApp them. group where you can send each other angry, angry emoticons. I don't need friends. Says <laughs> the guy with no friends. <laughs> I can make friends with my troll. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you have a lot in common. Like you're both full of anger. Yeah. Callum, what have you been up to? Well, besides not hanging out with Brian, um, and trying to eat a rhubarb and custard. Oh yeah, yeah, you tried the wrong time to put that in my mouth. 
Oh, yeah. um, it sounds like there's been a lot of swallowing going on this week, Callan. So. <laughs> anyway. Being friends means, guys. Yeah, absolutely. We've met some of your friends. They're lovely. Um, we still don't understand why they're friends with you. Yeah. My friends. Um, beca- so because I give. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think the definition of friendship wildly varies from the norm with you. <laughs> Moving on, Callum, what we really I'm scared to? to be friends with Guy now. <laughs> You're missing out, mate. <laughs> Coincidentally, not getting very much sleep this week. <laughs> Are those Christians at us again? Are you being Denny? Am I being what? Are you being Denny from the room? <laughs> oh, you no. do look like it. <laughs> Of all the people I've been compared to, Denny from the room. Well, yeah, but we you got compared to Benedict Cumberbatch, which George I, like, like choked ra- upon this I'd week. I'd much rather be compared to Benedict Cumberbatch than Denny from the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe somebody said that to you. It's hilarious. I feel like I'm watching an episode of Charmed. <laughs> it's that sort of time period, this sort of random yeah. stock video of San Francisco <laughs> intercutting this for no reason. Don't forget Charmed was made like five or six years Prior to this, yeah, I was gonna say this has a very. Oh, no, it, it was still on in two thousand and three. Was it? It yeah. was. Yeah. This guy, I'm curious. Who, who's this? Craig Sastro. This is Mark. Right. So, can uh-huh. why, why have you had no sleep this week? Um, you need deadlines. Coincidentally, why it's rubbish. But anyway, you need deadlines. A lot of coffee. My week in the night show, <laughs> pretty much. How have the Christians been this week? What what antics have the Christians been up to? I'm very disappointed to say there is no Christian update this week because oh, I haven't oh. seen any of the Christians. You've not seen them. I haven't seen them. No. Has, has the rapture happened? Or maybe. <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're going to be upping the Christianity over the next few weeks with Christmas coming. <laughs> Phil, go on. She just served Mark red wine in a champagne glass. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I am furious at this o- movie. Only <laughs> you would notice that. It's just not okay. I mean, also that means that's a pitiful amount of wine. <laughs> if, if she's trying to seduce him, she's not doing a very good job she's at all. She's like an inch of red wine into a, into a champagne flute. Like, what? Where, where, where's, the, where's Bloomfield? Bloomfield's. On the on bus. bus somewhere. Just going around Can around you call him and see if you can speak to him on the bus? Have you got his phone number? Ring him. Nah. <laughs> Go on, ring Keith. Can we get Keith on there? Yeah, let's get Keith on the phone. Let's ask him how the bus is live. Or chat to him on Facebook Messenger. I don't think I actually have Keith's phone number. Why not? Is that because you don't want to get into bed with Keith? Well, he lives in. He lives outside the city. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't turn that down. <laughs> what is wrong with you today? Uh, I don't know. You've had way too much sugar, haven't you? Second, compared to other weeks? How have I met? I managed uh-huh. to get a stone caught in the roll on my jean. Like, there's like carrying a stone around. Where have you been going? Do you want a stone? No, thank you. A nice little. Uh, Keith will be joining us soon. Ring him. I'm not going to ring him. Ring him. I want to hear his dulcet tone. You oh, ring him on Facebook Messenger. I'm, I'm not using my 4G on Keith. Right. <laughs> I've heard oh, no signal. So you love him, but not that much. Well, yeah, 4G is a precious thing. I have know? no signal. You've got the Wi-Fi, Ryan. Connect with the Wi-Fi. I want to speak. Yeah, why, Ryan is so stingy with his Wi-Fi. Is he? Uh, you, none if of you have asked. Me, what's the... 
あっちがカノンスカだよね。いや、<笑>っちゃうよ。いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いや、いはい。Siberian Times, beware, brown bear armed with two guns on the loose in the Siberian <laughs> region. That sounds like a superhero movie. I, I am into this. And number three <laughs> is from PC Games N, which is Call of Duty World War II. Activision are fighting for a patent for Call of Duty, a dog poop removal service. <laughs>
It's even, a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, no, you need good actresses. I'm, I'm sorry, you need good accuracy with a shotgun because you've only got so many shots. So you have to make sure they count. How do you know so much? Who you... Callan <laughs> hunts his fellow man for sport. <laughs> That's where the Christians have gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say it. You eat my rice! <laughs> <laughs> just I'd buy it, yeah. I'd buy it. A sniper rifle on a scope is like a, like a gun rack on a Volvo. It just doesn't work. Uh, hang on, we need to pause for one second because this is a pivotal scene in the room which we oh, all yes. need to be aware of. Johnny goes into Have the we got the about? Johnny goes into the flower shop. Pull him up. <laughs> How could she not tell that was Johnny? How much is it? It'll be 18 dollars. I'll keep the change. Hi, doggy. You're my first customer. Thanks a lot. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like when you play shop when you're like um, a very small child. I also want to mention the fact that the shop is called Anniversary Flowers and Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> Later on in the film, you get plenty of shots of the Isney store. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I just anyway, love the way so... that he, in that scene, he acts so dismissive of her. It was like, you didn't recognise me? Because I'm wearing these like Matrix sunglasses, so clearly it's an effective disguise. Going back to our Russian friend and destroying the microphone. That's uh, like not a sentence anybody should ever say. Yes. The beast is in possession of a vapor carbine, VEPR carbine, and an IZH shotgun, according to the police. Crime scene picture shows the bear left its tooth marks on a bucket and scrapped some logs. <laughs> <laughs> it's unclear if the man was hunting bears, but the season is still open until the 30th of November. So you've got a week to get your time in now. I, I've, I've been on bear hunts before, well into December. <laughs> <laughs> By now, many bears are hibernating for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> so this bear's this bear just wandering around with a couple of guns strapped to his back, like, you know what? Yeah. I'm out to get you. <laughs> Other animals that can be hunted are moose, deer, boar, ducks, hare, foxes... Wolves, sables, and mink. Well, did you want to let like, hope this bear goes on a rampage and starts killing some humans? I feel like this that could be. That is a be... movie I would watch. I was going to yeah. say, I feel like this could be a great B movie. Ram is... bear. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> there is one comment. Do you want to know what this comment is? Oh, yes. No, yes. Let's just hope the bear does not know how to use these guns. Oh my god! <laughs> From Benedict Marac in Moscow. I just now have an image of a bear reloading a sniper rifle with a sport. <laughs> just not seeing bullets in it. Winnie the Pooh walking around with a gun. Wow. We picked the wrong animal for Planet of the Apes. It should have been Planet of the Bears. Oh, See, oh, oh, I would watch that. <laughs> Andy Serkis. And not, not, not in the way that you're thinking, guys. Yes. <laughs> Andy also Sir- in the way you're thinking. <laughs> I, think I, I, I think I have seen that film. <laughs> Just Andy Serkis mo-capped as a brown bear carrying two rifles around the <laughs> Siberian woods. I want a whole like media franchise around the gif of the bear waving. Oh, yes. He's, he's like my spirit animal. You know he's only doing that for the sandwich, though. Yeah. I don't care. I've done, you know, more for less. So, Chris, um, Keith has just messaged to say he's just crossing the Banal Bridge now. <laughs> <laughs> we know who's been hanging out with you this week. <laughs> What's our second story choice going to be? Are we going to go for the Grand with the standoff with the lorry? Or are we going for the Call of Duty? I mean, no, I mean, let's call, go Call I mean, of Duty. I, mean, I think Call of Duty kind of like... It explains it itself. itself. Got the story's told. I, say grand. I want to hear about the, the Grand. Yes. Yeah. So this is from Kent Online. 
Also written by the Kent Messenger Reporter. Apparently people don't get bylines anymore. I insist on having mine. (laughs) This is from 23rd of November. A disabled gran in a mobility scooter had a nerve-jangling standoff with a ten-tone tanker over Yalding Bridge when the two met bumper to bumper halfway across. Sorry, you can't go bumper to bumper with a ten-ton <laughs> lorry and a mobility scooper. I've got a great show stuck in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> Pensioner Anne Orchard stood her ground for ten minutes but was eventually forced to reverse over the narrow bridge uh, in her scooter you... <laughs> when the stubborn HGV driver refused to budge. How do you not have anything better to do than stand, to sit there for ten minutes? She's old, Callum. She's old. <laughs> do we want to see the picture of the standoff? Yes. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's amazing. Who was there doing a photo of this? Did her they daughter. Reenact it? <laughs> <laughs> David I'm, and I'm, Goliath. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that does look like there's a path on to her right. Yes. Does anybody remember? Neither of these people have my sympathy. I'm sorry. Like people on those scooters don't pay road tax. They shouldn't <laughs> be on the road. Do the, you... the 80 year old was navigating the narrow medieval crossing on her way home from a doctor's appointment when she was confronted by the imposing fuel tanker. Imposing. Do you remember? This is like Steven Spielberg's Jewel sequel. <laughs> do, you remember, yes. do you remember Banzai? Yes. The old yes. The first ever bet on Banzai episode one. It's called the Old Lady Chicken Challenge. There's two ladies in shop abilities, and they have to race against each other and see who won, who's going to veer off first, or whether they're going to smack into each other. Oh my god. Um, that this is like an extreme version of it. This is the old lady wheelchair chicken challenge all over again. Sounds magical. Who wants to go and collect Keith? Bagsy, not me. Bagsy, not me. Dave. No, no. Bags not anything. I'm reading the story. I'm reading the story here. So I'd get to get back to Kent Online. The gutsy grand for Medway Avenue regularly uses the bridge because the pavement is too narrow and cobblestoned. That's why she didn't go on the side. Making it difficult to use in a wheelchair. Her daughter, Helen Martin, captured the hair-raising moment hair-raising. As, she, as she walked behind the pavement while escorting her mom to the GP surgery in Benover Road. Benover. <laughs> very carefully. <laughs> mum said she can't get about easily as she has osteoarthritis, bad hips and several other conditions. She can only walk indoors and can't get out, out and about unless she's in a wheelchair or in her scooter, and sometimes she's not even well enough for that. The 40-year-old, who works as a lunchtime supervisor at Yolding Primary School, is also a full-time carer for her mum and 78-year-old dad, Dave. Why is Dave being brought into this story? He has no relevance. The pavement over the bridge is too narrow and cobblestone, so she can't use it as she sh- it shakes her chair too much. <laughs> that shouldn't sound as funny as it is. Even when I push her in the wheelchair, we have to use the road. A lot of drivers are really nice and will stop and let you go. It was clear, so I told her to go. Though there is a lay-by to allow class through, the lorry didn't use it and instead drove straight towards frail Mrs. Orchard. He could see Mum, but he didn't care. Mrs. Martin and Martin said, he could, he could have gone into the lay-by. Get out of my way, old lady! Zero F's given. He could have gone into the lay-by, I shook my head at him, and then he started swearing at me. She was so head. rude. A driver behind the lorry pulled into the lay-by to allow Mrs. Orchard to pass, but that was only after she had to reverse a mobility scooter awkwardly all the way back to the start of the bridge. <laughs> Mum was really shaken up and upset by it. And she well, she would have been shaken if she'd gone over the cobblestones. She anyway. makes <laughs> things twice about going out. She's had a mobility scooter a couple of years, but this sort of thing shakes her confidence. The whole thing makes me so angry. There is no need for that lorry driver's attitude. 
Maybe he had an important delivery to make. Maybe he was on a deadline. I'm going to go and collect Keith. You can go through some of the 124 comments left on this story. This is such an ugh story. I feel we should also draw attention to the fact that they just repeated the exact same sex scene. (laughs) Yes, they did. The footage is is huge between both. They just dropped it in there again, as though we wouldn't notice. Yes. Oh, is this the bit where we learn about the breast cancer that never ever comes up again? <laughs> I forgot that's a thing in this movie. Okay, so uh, first comment here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but if you look to the left of the school, there is a passing place for cars and other vehicles. Arrogant grannies. Uh, to put an arrogant, arrogant granny to pull into. Also, it is interesting how the daughter have cropped the photo so you can't see the obvious row of queuing vehicles behind the truck. Another reason why the truck who has the right of way, can't reverse. Oh, and congratulations for reporting on a non-news story. It is such a non-news story. This is ridiculous. Those giant lorries are probably a lot more challenging to reverse than... Exactly, especially if there was vehicles behind the giant lorry, then how is the giant lorry supposed to reverse? To be fair as well, a lot of times those drivers are on a strict deadline, and if they don't hit those deadlines, then they get... I mean, lorry... lorry. So, you know, Hmm. chances are he was running out of schedules, so... Couple of couple of gold, couple of gold on it. This entitled baby boomer just thinks she owns the road. (laughs) (laughs) Think about how she voted last year. Um, Cake or death wrote. This is an attempt. This attempt to garner sympathy or admiration has massively backfired. I think the old lady in question has been used by her daughter to get some kind of publicity for some reason, and ended up looking foolish. Daft. And um, here we go, Mr. Ni- no more Mr. Nice Guy writes. Mum was really shaken up and upset by it. It makes her think twice about going out. When the guys put, well, maybe get out of the way of someone who has the league and right away and is trying to learn a living. It makes me laugh at so, so, so many snowflakes. Think a little swearing is uh, a beering. There are far worse things going on in this country. It's pretty good. I think we broke Callan. I, say, I, I, I do get the whole sort of, you know, it makes me think twice about going out because I can understand it would so be a bit of a... So stay home, Mrs. Orchard. Oh, well, this gets better. Your you card see... is marked. <laughs> this is so funny, I just nearly swallowed my own hair. <laughs> Jonathan Cowley Tom wrote, Using Google Street View, it's clear that the silly old bat is right at the start of the bridge in this picture. The trip driver can't reverse, she can. Coddling elderly troublemakers like this is why the country's in the mess it's in. I doubt the driver was half as rude as she deserved. <laughs> By the way, just a room update. We are now going the random sex scene with the people that have no relevance anywhere to the plot <laughs> and just turn up to have sex in <laughs> Tommy Wiseau's apartment. And also, they just like, they, she just put a chocolate in his mouth and then like, they, they both started eating it and like uh, kissing uh, at the same time. Uh, it's gross. Ryan, are you, t- <laughs> are you telling me you don't just turn up at people's houses to have sex? No, it turns out sounds like everyone turns up at Ryan's house to have sex with him. The way everything's been going this week. So with, with, just with regards to that guy's uh, facial features, <laughs> anyone else remember that, that rubber face guy? Just, like you'd be able to pull, like, pull his lip over his face and. Or, or oh my god! Jim yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Hi Keith, how how's oh, hi, Keith. oh my god, Keith has new hair. He's got Phil's hair. Have we not noticed this. I'm shook. <laughs> it's slightly like longer than George. Uh, Would you like to call Paul Keith a beverage? Uh, I can hand him the drink. Keith, would you like a cold beverage? For let's, your long let's talk. Walk across let's, the let's, talk would. let's talk about Keith's bus journey here and bus life in general. I, Sounds like you've had a bad. I didn't day. take a bus. I walked. I walked, which was a, a mistake. The, <laughs> the city is now designed not to allow anybody to walk or drive through it. 
then the only way you can get around Birmingham is by helicopter and parachute. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just carried it. Just base jump from any, yeah. any tall building. Climb the nearest tall building and base <laughs> jump off it. I, I think that's why they're building all these tall buildings in the city centre. It's why the construction's happening right now to make lots of tall buildings. You can all jump off in squirrel suits to fly to our destination. <laughs> I think they should just install zip lines everywhere in the city. Right, stop man spreading. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Literally. I literally can't even you reach the microphone. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Although I, mean, I got my, I got my steps and my uh, cardio activity for the week done. How are your steps of the day? They're pretty good. We missed you missed out weird news. No, you missed out me objectifying <laughs> you as well sexually. Uh, well, happens. Nice extra into you this week. <laughs> basically, there was an old lady who had a standoff with a lorry. I could see why that would happen. And <laughs> there was a bear who stolen some rifles in Siberia. Also, I could see why that would happen. <laughs> Uh, these, this, these aren't weird news stories. These are everyday occurrences where I come from. <laughs> Sign of the time. Espe- especially in Siberia. See, the thing with the, bit, the bear story is, I think it's fair, if they go, go out to hunt these bears, the bears should be able to fight back. Well, pretty much, agree. Yeah. You know, it is written into a constitution somewhere, the right to bear bears to bear arms. Hey. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I, I, low I think, tone already. Not here five minutes and already. I think we need Ram Bear. I think we need a bear who has Vietnam War flashbacks who like escapes into the forest and gets hunted. <laughs> Perhaps where, that's where the British film industry should go. Just make lots of bear related films. We've had Paddington which is kind of a subtle version of it. We should do more bears. Angry bears. But sexy Marmalade bears. is not a shotgun with a snow profile on it. <laughs> Talking of bears. Christmas adverts. <laughs> that was a terrible segue. I've, I've done well. I have actually we have not managed to see any Christmas ads. You've not yet. seen the swearing. No, me neither. No, not I not seen seen one. Uh, I don't watch television. That would be why. Yeah. Right, shall we go through? That's because the TV losses is free, but have it. <laughs> right. Stop, man! Spread in. Oh my god! I'm a big lad as well. I need some space. <laughs> This is a three-seater sofa. Yeah, and your legs are taken. And you both got arms. I'm squeezed in the middle. To be fair, I have to lean in. I have like the tiniest amounts. I have to lean in. Unless you are giving birth, your legs don't need to be that wide open. You're skinny shaming me now. (laughs) That's a thing. Oh, Oh, now someone has a gun. Why is why is someone why does he have a gun to his head? Because that's how uh, I feel towards you. <laughs> so Christmas adverts, Guy, do you want to start us off with your JD special? <sighs> Best Christmas ad of the year. Why would anybody think that the combination of dubstep, which is honestly one of the worst genres of music ever made, is appropriate with Christmas music? And who wants to see urbanites <laughs> dancing like to, to to Christmas music? I don't get it. It just makes me feel sick. It's the, the chabbiest thing ever. But JD's a chavy brand. Do, do you shop in that store? No. It's not appealing to you as... The, it's appealing to its customer base. Marks yes. & Spencer's, I don't eat tiny little hamburgers. And yet Marks & Spencer's <laughs> advertise them. They're advertising that to their market. Sell, That's all they sell, That's all they sell. Marks & Spencer's just t- sells baby food. In it's tiny now been renamed to Marks & Sliders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't understand why JD Sports thinks that this is a good idea for an advert. I mean... Just like, just like, just have a, a flash of like, here's some track. If you want to buy a tracksuit for Christmas, come to JD Sports. There you go. If you want to buy Ellis a tracksuit for Christmas, come to JD Sports. <laughs> Why do I need to see chants dancing to that? They because do. You can show that 
these tracksuits are you can actually work move out and down. move about in them. I wonder they're not just for walking down the street or, and looking like on. a chav. Also, yeah. no, no, nobody wants a tracksuit before Christmas. That's what you want post Christmas, really. Does guy watch TV in a in a situation similar to Malcolm McDowell in A Clockwork Orange? He's he, he his eyes wired open. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's on TV. You could go. Oh, I'm going to go and make a cup of tea now, or turn it off no, for it, it channel. to build the rage. Do you know what? What's annoying about it is, like, when the music like drops, the double step beat drops, they kind of bounce back like that, like, whoa! And it's kind of like, JD Swartz goes to hell. Wow. It makes me so angry. I just. Really? <laughs> you don't say. I honestly, I just want to go into the boardroom of that that advert and slap every eighteen-year-old who thought this was a good idea around the face. It's not going to be. It's not going to be eighteen-year-old. It's going to be like you know, creative directors in their like forties who are like, oh, I know what the young people are into. Nathan Barley the types. step of Dubber. We've done extensive <laughs> market research. <laughs> we some <laughs> Yeah, like oh, I I I I asked my niece about it and she said this, so let's just do that because she's really good at like you know she's she's on social media. She, she I knows mean, what's what. I mean, dubstep was popular in 2010. It must still be very popular exactly, among exactly. the youths. Yeah, it's all noise to me. Yes. <laughs> right, I have an issue with most of the adverts at the minute. And what is that? I need to be careful. Basically, <laughs> every Christmas advert have decided to include diversity this year, which is a great thing. But they've all got from exactly the same level of diversity that's on the screen. Sure. Right? Not that's not that's the issue. Is apparently diversity to every creative industry is a black male and a white female and mixed race children and that's yeah. it on every advert and that's and that. that's all diversity is needed and it's still so I, I agree and it's really interesting because like, oh we're being diverse like as in like racially diverse it's like well mm, also like, you can have an interracial family where like one of the people isn't white yeah. you know there's, there's lots of other races that you yes. can include um, but they'll never they'll never no. do that but also it's like it's still a very much like a heteronormative nuclear family it's 2.4 yeah. children yeah and it's like this This is not the reality for a great many people in, no. the, in this country and if you want to be diverse and appeal to yeah. a wider audience you're still kind of stuck in this rut of like oh no but everybody lives in everybody can afford a house and children yes. these days right and they all think... live in the centre of London with snow which we know does not exist yeah. in any way shape or form when is it ever snow I think being able to afford a house in London is the most fantastic element of that I believe in Santa Claus before I believe I would believe more that Ewan McGregor is fixing the lights in London than actually that they can own properties of it <laughs> And there's a Mark Raymond one where he's chatting that woman up. Oh, okay, so I, I've seen this one. I, uh, this, this ad normalises two of the most heinous social crimes. Yep. One, that woman is sat on a, a, on a train platform watching a film on her phone without earphones in. Yeah. So, oh. so first of Clearly all, she's, the she's on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then secondly, Martin Freeman just starts talking to this woman. In, in public he it's that kind of assume, men assuming that women want to talk to them in public it's like no street harassment is a huge problem Martin she's just watching her film she wants to be left alone can I we, mean can we sure want... enough maybe just turn to her and say can you put some earphones in love <laughs> <laughs> that's what you should have done right. can we widen that issue though of just anybody talking to anybody in public like no, no this, is in not, public, this is not the start doesn't of doesn't mean I want to talk to you <laughs> This don't is not, talk to me. Yeah, this is not me. the purge, Callum. This is no. It's like, it's like this is this isn't uh, the start of a beautiful love story. You're a stranger and you're harassing me. Can you please exactly. go away? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Start of a beautiful love story. That Debenhams advert is a level of creepy. That's too far. Oh, I've not seen that one. 
it's basically they're on a train together she loses one of her shoes getting off the train and the guy basically stalks her to find oh her that adds like that's so weird yeah and it's like social media everywhere find the person that owns the shoe Oh, I mean, that's just weird. No, no. I, I do find it, the original, it's, it's, sin, the original it's, it's, Cinderella story is creepy as well because it implies that a man is obsessed with this woman's feet, but he doesn't recognise her face. And the, re- <laughs> yeah. and the way that Ewan McGregor gets these two people to meet again is he turns off all the lights apart from one street, so she has to go down that way. Well, that ruins everyone's day. That's what, just, what, oh, what a massive inconvenience for hundreds of other people. Yes. Yeah. That's also rather creepy to turn lights off. So she's. I hope she turned him down. I hope she turned him down and reported him for being. You know, I I, I have this up. I have this fantasy right that somebody no, stages. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, I, I, that somebody stages this incredibly romantic public display of affection, maybe even like a public proposal, so I can say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw this happen in New York, and there was a big dance off. If anyone, on, and, oh. if anyone ever proposed to me in public, I would be like, no, and we're breaking up because how dare you? Yeah, shocking. They were doing that. Type, was it that "Would You Marry Me" song? It's kind of like cliche. Do it to like Billy Idol, or something like that. It's like, oh, I, oh, if I did it to Billy Idol, I might, I might be yeah. swayed. Actually, it's ballsy. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen any of these Christmas ads, and they all sound as if they're like being done as mini films. Oh, it's like so, they've all been done by the one creative agency. Yeah. They've all yeah. Makes me, the makes me long for the days where Woolies just used to get Anita Harris and Cannon and Ball to just show you the product <laughs> and the price and go, it's the KTEL collection of songs you've never heard of. I love and here's a button making machine. Oh, oh, when Iceland had like Kerry Katona and Johnny, what's his name? Johnny Vaughan. Seven for a pound. Yeah, and just like, it's like they're, they're, like, does they have like the, the ten from when? Iceland having like the weirdest Christmas party where like Colleen Nolan and Kerry Katona were just getting off their faces on chicken tikka lasagna. With Ryland Surf and Jim Like that's the kind of like tacky knowingly bad Christmas ad where it's like we know what our customer is we're not going to try and sell them kind of some kind of romantic fantasy we just want to sell them frozen food no my best Christmas advert of the year so far for myself is the Aldi one you've, you've not seen it yet with the two carrots I really like it it's a carrot basically enjoy, scampering over the festive dinner and he spies a beautiful lady carrot that he wants to go to heteronormative <laughs> okay. exactly Ugh. but Ugh. a pea gets flung and the the male carrot takes the pea as a bullet to save the female carrot. Oh god, this is so bad. Ugh. And then he just says, "I pee myself." Do you wait? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, oh, no. it's, it's a bad well, pun. Also, it's a bad it's pun because like he didn't pee himself; he got peed on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 that works. Instead <laughs> of golden slumbers, golden showers for the oh. people. <laughs> it's, it's typical sentimental holiday advert rubbish, which brings me onto the subject of euthanasia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. this conversation, I spoke to Ryan and Melody this in the week, that the reason we have the conversation is I have a theory about the John Lewis outfit. Have you all seen it? The monster under the bed? Yeah. yeah. So basically, Which is plagiarised from an actual children's picture book that they just what, did. the 80s? Really? 1980s? Chris, it? No, it's like Chris Riddle. It's the guy who illustrates Neil Gaiman's books. Yeah, I was going to say from the 1980s of the book originally. Oh, was it? It's like um, but yeah, they, 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 and they, it's the, exactly the same like story and images and everything. But it's they're a, just like... Ripped it off. It's a monster under the bed, basically. Plays, yeah. plays with the child at night. That's how it And boys, the child at night, like. Basically, yeah. Cause so so the, every night the kid gets in, has, has fun with this monster at night. God, this doesn't sound wild the way I'm saying it, does it? Uh, Especially when you've got Elbow as the backing track. Yeah, he it. gets up to shenanigans <laughs> oh, with this God. monster. And so they, they, you know, they play games every night and whatnot. For God's sake, there's no way of saying this which doesn't make it sound dodgy. Anyway, this kid gets a Christmas present. It's wrapped up. It's really badly wrapped up. It's a nightlight. It looks like I've wrapped it. That's for, first, firstly, the thing that troubles me here is there's a random Christmas present under the tree. He looks at his mum. His mum shrugs. 
What? Sorry, if my child had a random it Christmas present an- under the tree <laughs> from a stranger, you'd be like, sorry, what's going on here? Is somebody grooming my child? That's messed up. This yeah. is a random present for a child under a tree. Oh, and it fits the diversity template for 2017, by the way. Yeah, because oh, it's a mixed race child, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the concept is this child, he has a nightlight on, because um, the nightlight, it, when the nightlight, then he's got no light on, the monster appears. So he has the nightlight on, and the monster's not there. So basically, my theory behind it is the monster hates playing this child. He hates his child's guts. He bought the child in the nightlife because he wants to die. He wants to die, so he's killed himself. Or he's got the child to kill him, basically, because I don't want to be alive and play with this child anymore. Have this nightlight kill me. And then... It's basically saying that the nightlight represents dignitas in this relationship. And then, when at the end of the thing, he turns the nightlight off, and then you hear a monster groan, like, oh, the monster's back. That's not the groan of happiness. That's the monster groaning that he knows his suicide plan hasn't worked. John (laughs) Lewis's advert is about suicide and euthanasia. That's one take on the Christmas story. (laughs) It's about giving... The thing that really gets me about the John Lewis advert is the fact that you can look forward to it for like... Oh, so and it's the most maudlin nonsense as well. So like, oh, so excited and like, oh my God, I was sick to death of hearing people talking about it at work and kind of like, oh, the John Lewis advert is out later. I'm like, it's an advert. But these are the same people who will spend their hard-earned money going to see Sam Smith on purpose. These are the people who start telling you they're so excited for Christmas in like August. You kind of go, if you've got nothing better in your life to look forward to than a bloody Christmas advert, you need to get out more. What what is the John Lewis one? It's the monster one. Oh, is it? That's the monster one. And the most annoying thing about this advert is the hashtag that appears at the bottom of it. So you can get in line and enjoy it for it and the monster, even though I shouldn't even be saying it. Why do you need a hashtag for a bloody Christmas advert? If you... And I'm I'm assuming that they're they're flogging Moz the Monster toys, like Monty the Penguin that was ridiculously expensive. Which cost me a ridiculous amount of money. (laughs) But I just said... If that's the only reason you're going onto Twitter is just to check out the feed for a John Lewis Christmas advert, rethink your social media. Go on Twitter and John Lewis instead. Not the shop, the man, John Lewis. He just has the Twitter handle at John Lewis. So he spends his entire December tweeting back at people going, I'm not the shop this is nothing to do with me but he's, he's <laughs> hel- absolutely hilarious about it I recommend you go and check him out it's very amusing yeah. uh, also check out Stupid to wear the moment because he's currently going for a phase which he does once a year which is where he goes through and corrects everybody's spelling of en route <laughs> so he looks at all yeah. the different variations of spelling and that actually says I noticed my local chippy hasn't done a Christmas ad yet though uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get you chips for Christmas? Are you going right. to beam it up on the side of your barn? <laughs> right. It's turkey dippers. What, what is the qualification for Christmas then? Some Do people... What is the qualification? No, like for presents, Ryan. <laughs> no, I mean, when is it socially acceptable to start thinking and talking? December. I think the first December, December, December is fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, I've done all my Christmas shopping, but that's because I can't deal with the public, I think it's so sensible like, to do Christmas shopping in, in November, just because there is... Yeah. Yes, yeah. but we don't need Christmas music and Christmas adverts and all that rubbish. But then you've got Christmas that fallow shoppers. period between Bonfire Night and the 1st of December. Which is now full of Black Friday. I mean, it's a month. Like, you're allowed just to go about your business. Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean fallow, fallow, fallow time between... <laughs> literally every month is a fallow time, unless you've but got something to this celebrate. this is now trying to be replaced by Black Friday, which has turned from a American event... Oh, don't get me started. Americans. two weeks now. Amazon is now doing a two-week Black Friday event. This is too far. Yeah, but their deals have been crap. I've said, it yeah. d- does amuse me. Like, you see all these, you know, riots and all this shit breaking out in America on, on Black Friday. And, up, and over here, you've got... Yeah, that's the stuff because they get TVs te- from, yeah. like, $1,000 down to 100 We get TVs from 
a thousand pounds down to nine hundred and seventy-five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> which paper was it that did the, the headline shocking scenes as Brits queue politely to Tesco for black <laughs> 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 Independent. It was an independent. It was brilliant. Yeah. My favourite clip I've seen, which was on an episode of Last Leg a few weeks ago, which was where the doors open and one person walks into the shop. Yes. Yeah. At midnight launch, and he just comes in for a gentle browse. Do you know what I read about <laughs> that story as well? He was only going in to pick up a laptop he pre-ordered as well. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, it would have been better if he was just picking up a USB plug or something. <laughs> on, on a side... charger? Because <laughs> you're playing the room on silent in the corner of the room. There's a scene here at the moment which just looks like it's an outtake from Friends. <laughs> are we, are oh we God, on yeah. about the random football throwing in the alleyway which is yeah, just, just like They're just around the corner from Central Perk. It's like... How did he fall what? over them? <laughs> he pushed him, but like he didn't push him that hard. So why is it like? And is it just me, or is the other guy on the left hand side? Well. Was he the guy that played um, Jimmy Olsen in the Lois and Clark Adventures? No, no, but he looks no, very much like famous. <laughs> I love how Tommy Wiseau has to get his shirt off or sleeveless at every single opportunity. <laughs> he's proved that nice. he's worked out. Well, you know, it's a very two thousand three belt. I think I had that. The Disaster Artist, new film. Coming from James Franco, Dave Franco, Seth Rogen. So, Guy, do you want to explain about The Room to start us off with? Oh, pressure. Oh, so The Room was made in 2003 by a man called Tommy Wiseau. It quite clearly... Wrote, directed, acted. Yeah, never mm. had any lessons in filmmaking or media studies in his life. But felt like it was necessary for him to make a film. Um... It, no one knows where he comes from. I think he's from Transylvania, potentially. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, apparently, he funded the film by selling, I think, leather jackets. I have no idea. Yeah, apparently he, he's still, it had at still... least $6 million, because that's how much he paid for it to be kept in uh, kept in theatres for two weeks. Yeah. So it would qualify for the Oscars. So, to be fair, look, looking, at his, looking at his face, he kind of looks like he sold his soul to finance the film. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's great, and Tommy is a great character, and there's a chapter called Greg Sestra as well, and the pair of them have teamed up to make a, well, it is the worst film of all time, but there's a beauty about that. Yeah, and they've actually they made a new film together recently called Best Friends, but with the eye in brackets for some reason. Please tell me it's like a sequel, and that they reprise their roles. No. Two different characters. Oh well, spoilers. He dies at the end of the film, so he can't come back. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that they're not doing a, the room shared universe films? No. Oh, <laughs> what a, what a waste. I want to know what's happened with Doggy and what's his life nowadays. But it is an event, and a lot of cinemas around the world. So uh, Electric locally repeat this quite often, a few times a year. Everybody gets together, and there's in jokes that are rife throughout the film. I think it's just a bit of uh, just a good bit of fun movie. It's, it's that you a just great... watch, and it, don't take it too serious. It's a bit of fun. It's one of those things that it's great to go with your friends to watch, and knowing how bad it is. So the whole plastic spoons thing, guy. Do you want to explain about the plastic spoons? Yeah. So I think the story behind this is um, they asked Tommy. Tommy asked for some pictures to be put in the house, and then we're like, you get pictures of family and friends and stuff like that. But um, he was like, no, let's just have art pictures. Just you know, like what, the whatever, stock frame picture Yeah, whatever frames. comes in it, basically. Uh, and it, that was having to be spoons. So whenever you see photo frame in the background with spoons in it, everybody will just chuck plastic spoons across the cinema and shout spoons. So if you're sat at the front, you get covered in plastic spoons. One of my good friends took a uh, rucksack full of spoons to a screening we went to once. Um, 
It's great. You know, the whole cinema, when you leave, it's covered in plastic spoons. It's a hell of a waste of plastic, but it, it's it's such a sight when you leave a room and, and you just left the cutlery, plastic cutlery everywhere, basically. In case you see a plastic knife on the floor as well. <laughs> Someone's obviously got it wrong. Phil just looks like, oh, what on earth is that about? Keith, what was your first room experience? I'd heard about it for several years, and then some people I knew dragged me along to a showing that was on at the Electric. Uh, so I went... Didn't know too much about it. And, you know, people had said, this is the worst film ever made. It's shockingly terrible. And I came out of it thinking, that's not the worst film ever made. <laughs> I've seen far worse. I thought it was reasonably well done. It's, uh, and to be honest, if you if it's people are going again and yeah. again, to, in, to they're in, people are enjoying it. There's things in there that people are latching onto and enjoy. I got the same vibe from watching this that I did when I go and see screenings of things like... Um, little. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. You know, it's a bit... It's ropey. an audience it's, party it's, like, it's, it's one where the audience get into it because it's it's not trying to fly above their heads. It's not trying to be too kind of wordy. It's not trying to be too kind of clever or dark or it's not trying to be an Aaron Aronofsky film. Um, you know, it's not Mother. <laughs> and and pe- people have connected with it and I, I seriously cannot... I do not stand on the side of, of, of anybody who says it's the worst film ever made because if they say that, they've only ever seen one film and that was this they can't have seen any other film. They've certainly not seen anything that's on Movies 24. Christmas uh, 24, or, I think you're reading yeah, right they've, now. Yeah, they've not seen... Or they've not, they've seen, not seen the Grumpy Cat Christmas yeah, movie. And they've certainly not seen Kesley Grammer's musical version of Scrooged. So, you know, th- this, this is... It's, it's ropey and it's, it's hokey and it's, 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 it's not the best production ever. Uh, I've seen student films that are far worse than this. It's 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 hokey and it's it's funny and it's you know it's 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 not as bad as people make out. It's worth a watch. There is a thing with Tommy Wiseau where he has this charisma. It's like somebody who couldn't. <laughs> he's somebody you wouldn't ever want to hang around with in life, but he's interesting to watch as a spectacle. Oh, I, oh, I would. <laughs> You'd pay money to be hanging out with yeah. Tommy Wiseau. I mean, like what's great about Tommy as well is his character. You, you, it's hard to separate him off from Johnny and like in the film of who is this actually based on some a real experience for him. but like just him in general he made a, a series called The Neighbours and honestly it, it's, it's about, it, this is made like two or three years ago this is still as badly made as The Room but there's something, about, yeah, there's something about him and the way he makes it so you can't help but like him Oh god, I'd certainly watch Tommy more than I'd want to watch a Ryan Gosling movie. <laughs> yes, Tommy at least has personality. Yeah. George, what was your first room experience? I've never watched it properly. It's one of those things I've seen like half watched while it's been put on in the background at a party and that kind of stuff. Which I think is probably the best way to watch the room if you're not mm. going to go and see it in one of those mode experiences because you can just kind of ignore the terrible bits and then turn around and be completely com- confused what the heck's going on. I occasionally wonder if the whole thing is some kind of elaborate prank. And it's kind of, well, they're actually setting out to make something dreadful. Because it has become this cult classic. I think Rocky Horror is a really apt, like, comparison to make. And that there is that, you go and you shout certain things and you throw stuff at certain points. And if you've been to a couple of screenings, you know what's happening. And I imagine it's a very weird experience for your first time. If you're not quite ready for to suddenly be drowned in a cascade yeah, of plastic spoons. Tommy Wiseau himself has fully embraced this. As I said, there's regular screenings. I think he does screenings in Hollywood he, with yeah, Q&As. He, turns up, yeah. he goes on tour around the world and does Q&As and talks about the, the making of the film and all that kind of thing alongside it. And and he's fully embraced this plastic spoon throwing. At the same time, I'm still not fully convinced, though, he understands why people see the film like and how he possibly sees it in a different way. I'd love to know... 
more about it. I mean, I've got my own... I, I think that they're all stuck in purgatory. Because they're all stuck... <laughs> it all seems to be surrounding one area in this house. I don't think they're just stuck in purgatory. That's my feeling here. Yeah. They're all bad people. They're all... And it's a, it's a clever film. I think it's the lack of continuity with it. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Well, like, Sestro's beard, for example, is on, it's off. I mean, when we all have shapes, but he has... A full academic beard one day, and then the next day he's clean shaven. And then it'll reappear. At some I mean, I wish point. I could grow a beard like that. It'd be great, you know. Yeah. So mine and Viv's first experience was again out of the room, uh, at the electric, where I took. We're still talking about the room, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which was we went to go and watch it at the electric, which was a very similar experience with the spoon throwing, the joining in, the shouting out random words, shouting out "Hi, doggy" at the screen, <laughs> and just shouting out "Oh, hi" every time that Tommy Wiseau says "Hi" in return. Yeah, I mean, there's, it, it almost you could take a bingo card in and mark off all the memes and yes. jokes and things. And I think if you if you go if you've been like if you go more than once and you you, you get to be that person shouting out because you know when the jokes are going to be. And if you make that right joke in the film, everybody laughs. You feel like a king. <laughs> I feel like Phil is already preparing the post with the drinking game to go along with this film. Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> like for Phil and Dave, this even is... Phil's liver would not survive this audio. <laughs> Phil and Dave, like you haven't seen this film, so we've got it on in the background, and we've seen bits of it today. What? How do you feel about so it? My uh, the only parallel or comparison I can think of is um, have any any of you listened to the podcast? My dad wrote a porno. Yes. yes. Where the story is written by this person who thinks he's making something really good. And then basically, it's been it's become this thing where um, where Jamie and his mates tear it apart every week. But Rocky Flintstone, the author, (laughs) (laughs) but the author still he thinks that like it's really good, and he thinks no, no, they just don't get it. They don't get like why it's good, and he's he's sort of like not in on the joke of we enjoy this because we're acknowledging that it's sort of so ludicrous. And there's elements that are really similar, like oh hi Belinda. Oh hi Giselle, yeah. and like every the dialogue is just like oh hi, and it, Total lack of it's like it's it's like it's been written by Rocky children when, you know, when when primary school kids have to like you know do an assembly and they do like a role play and this sort of like you know when you get your first creative writing class in school. Well, so the scene in, in the flower shop, I'd yeah. like twelve red roses, please. How much will that be? And she doesn't keep the change. Thank you. Goodbye. Hello, doggy. It's 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 like it's <laughs> oh, like oh, I don't recognise you. You're my favourite customer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like continuity. It's almost like a, it's like a, it's like a Monty Python sketch almost. Yes. I mean, like. I think we should talk about the fact that the disaster artist has been made and potentially not win an Oscar, which is brilliant. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know how this project came to be. It's kind of like, well, did James Franco kind of... Because I can't I think, take Franco seriously. Is yeah. it kind of like, I feel like a Mickey James tape? Franco and Jimmy are two peas in a pod. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, he's spot I'll, impression I'll, spot on as well. Yeah, and I said this was something that Paul Rudd, I think, picked up originally, and it was that group of friends in Hollywood who would go basically monthly to watch this movie and I think James Franco has always had a special place in his heart for this but it isn't, isn't The Disaster Arts is also based on it's based on Greg Sestero's so, book yeah, which so is written around how this how this film got made basically and mm. it's like the the chaos of production around this film yeah. uh, you've got Tommy Wiseau it's his first everything he's ever directing writing even acting in and it was just a mess from start to finish I think is a fair description of it a mess is just a mess is a little a little harsh because if, what, I, what what comes across for me in it is the fact that actually you get Tommy's passion for making it that it was his thing he wanted to do it 
it's it's terrible and ropey and whatever, but he was committed to it. He's done it. You know, there's been studio pictures that cost $250 million. There are as much as a mess that nobody believed in or had any passion in that nobody's making making of films of or, you know, go to multiple screenings. So there's, there's something about the hokiness of this, you know, there's, uh, any uh, daytime TV movie is, and is worse than James this. James and Dave have made it with genuine love for Tommy. Well, that's, that, that that's comes that's across really, in the trailer. Yeah. It's not, it's not I mean, belittling no. what it is. It's just highlighting the fact that, good God, we had no idea what we were doing, yet we've made something that people are still talking I about. I think Tommy is cameoing in the movie, and so is yeah. Greg Sestero. They're both cameoing in the I film, think, so they've got to have some love I think for this. Tommy was actually very smart in the making of this, because when you think of like the budget that went into it, that's not a lot of money. And what other movies are we talking about that have that sort of budget this well, far after well, there this film's coming to its 15th anniversary yeah. and it's still quite relevant in pop culture nowadays mm. and it's and I said it's an it's an annual event for some people I, I think what's nice as well with the film the film coming out this actually seems to be making a bigger thing about this making our film than I thought I thought it was going to be a little project which would go under the radar but it seems mm. to be yeah. like it's actually going to be quite a big film that's coming out so it might introduce more people to the room and I think it's something people do need to know about. It, it, it's hilarious, and it's like you, it's, you tell people about it, you try and explain it to them, and they don't get it until they see it. And I think it is some people need to go and see it and experience it. I mean, this is the thing. I mean, it's still, though continuity issues, it's still a slightly coherent story. I mean, this is a great instruction on how to film, basically. I mean, I could imagine this being used in quite a lot of filmmaking classes on here's the do's and don'ts on how to make a movie. Don't star, act, and direct your own movie. <laughs> With no prior knowledge. I mean, let, let's face we all want to see Tommy Wiseau on the stage at the Oscars if this wins something. I think know. there's a and campaign online at the minute to get Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero to present at an Academy Award. I think that would be a That would be amazing. I don't know. I we all know story. there's not going to be many people at the Academy yeah. Awards if current events I, I keep s- going the way they are. I don't, I don't believe as well the Academy's the kind of organisation that would vote for anything to do with this film. The, no. It's, it, no. It, it wouldn't be the celebration of the worst kind of Hollywood that they like to celebrate at the Academy Awards. But the other thing about this and the fact that we've got the disaster art is it reminds me of things like Ed Wood and Plan 9 from Outer Space. And then Tim Burton gives us the Ed Wood yeah. uh, film with uh, Martin uh, Landau in. They're brilliant. And the, and the thing with the Ed Wood films is, is they are terrible. They're hokily made. But there's a passion behind that filmmaker. There's love, and that's what I like about Tommy. Edward was passionate about what he made, no matter how dreadful it was. And you get the feeling. Glenn or Glenda. What's the um, celebration of bad movies? Uh, The Razzies. The Razzies. I would love to see them all on stage at the Razzies, just honouring. Sort of but accepting I, I, the joke of the movie. I feel like the, things like the Razzies, it's sort of that's punching down a bit. And I don't, I don't think the disaster artist is punching down. I think that the fact that it's made with a respect and affection for the original material is what's going to make it good. Yeah. It's like a love story to a bad film, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to sum this up for anybody who has seen it, then, because obviously David probably not going to have something to say here. Favourite scene from the film? Oh, Flower Shop. I just want that dog. It's a cute doggy. Oh, hi, doggy. That dog's so dead by now. <laughs> Do you know what with it? it looks like it's wearing a fur coat, and that's the best <laughs> part. Mine's the same. They're just the, the inexplicable pug. Uh, that's the name of my band, the inexplicable pug. <laughs> I think. I think for me, when the the guy just falls over into the bins for no apparent reason. <laughs> yes. Keith, uh, anything on the roof. Any, any scene <laughs> on the roof. Worst Where's the money, screen. Jenny? Yeah. <laughs> the green screen, which 
it's supposedly projected San Francisco. It's, I, it's I, just brilliantly done. I, I, I do love the fact that they've used stock footage brilliantly in this film to like give you the feel of San Francisco, yeah. even though you know this is a back lot in Hollywood. I know we're wrapping up, but I do need to mention just the genius casting of Peter from The Hunger Games as Denny. They couldn't have got that more spot on because Peter was a creep, let's face it. <laughs> and, you know, that that is perfect casting. I'm, I'm really happy with that. Callum? Sorry, Denny, what's your favourite character? <laughs> <laughs> without being too weird about it, I think... Like, the sex scenes! <laughs> I was actually going to say, like, the scenes are before the sex scenes, just because the dialogue <laughs> leading up to it is just... You like the foreplay, do you? It's, the foreplay is so tone deaf. It's amazing. And yet so perfectly accurate. <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> I've not watched this. I'm going to hand over. I know it's one of the biggest films of the year, but I'm still reeling from the amazingness that is for that for right It's alright. No, like no one else has seen it either, either apparently. <laughs> right. So I'm going to hand over. And Keith, you can lead this one. Okay. Justice League. Yes. Opens this... Open already? Yeah, it's already out and about. Um, and to she be honest, never <laughs> considering uh, my feelings for previous DCEU movies, this one at least takes a step in the right direction. There's no denying that it's a hot mess. Straight to the bargain bin. No. It's, it's, probably, it's, it's had more money spent on it than, than is justified by the content. But it's not, it's not the epic disaster car crash that I think everybody was expecting. There are moments in it that at least attempt to take the story of these characters and the universe they're in forwards, but it's hampered by lots of half-arsed attempts at doing something that just don't work. They've tried to kind of backtrack after the success of Wonder Woman and try and erase the, the bad taste <laughs> that is Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel. So we start to get slightly more hopeful versions of characters. Um, Ben Affleck is still a terrible Batman, but a great Bruce Wayne. Wonder Woman shines in everything she, she does in the film. And, and I, I do think it was, it was, it's a move in the right direction. It's still a CGI, choose words that, aren't, uh, that are allowed on the radio. Cluster. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the CGI is, is, is appalling. And, and the DC movies have suffered terribly by not being able to handle uh, action set pieces. The fact that this Zack Snyder is responsible for it is mind-boggling. It's it's bad in in Michael Bay terms. It's it's just all the fight sequences are terrible. Um, but uh, you know, every time you see the Flash run like a dork, it's quite charming. Um, you obviously fall over in the real world, but obviously <laughs> yeah, going at it super speed. Film as well. It's fine. It's um, yeah. No, it's, just... it's not. It's not. A, it's not a complete disaster. It's not the greatest film I've ever seen. I kind of liked it. Now I've just got the immigrant song with "Run Like a Dork." Yeah, <laughs> it, I don't love it like I love the Marvel films, yeah. and I'm a big DC fan. The first kind of few comics that I, I read, read apart from stuff like Fantastic Four, were Justice League comics. The first comic, American color comics I read, were Justice League, and they were fighting characters like Starro, and 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 that. And I kind of I love those characters, but this is still a little bit away from from that. Where if Marvel have embraced the comic bookness. DC is still stumbling over this idea of like we've got to make it real because people want to relate to comic book characters. So there's a tin man walking around, Snapchat man. He's like, how can you take it seriously when there is literally a man with tin foil stuck to him walking around? In the film, he's actually a laser pen for an eye. 
The but suit that, looks a lot better George on the film. Yeah, the, yeah I, the, the stills of, of... I also want to call him Cyclops. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the stills of that costume do look crap, but when you've actually got the CGI, the CGI out, it, it yeah. does look a lot better on screen. It's not the best bit of CGI ever, but it's not as terrible as no. it is. So but, wasn't he pretty much walking around in a green screen suit all of his time much. on set? Because pretty everything much, yeah. from the cyborg suit has been CGI. Yeah, it's entirely CGI. It's so, which, CGI. obviously, that... You know, there's sort of it seems to be like a bit of a like it's a ripple effect or something oh. on it, on it, and <laughs> it's just sort of yeah, it, that that doesn't translate to still photography in, in the actual film. To be fair, him and Flash, sort of the, the bromance that they had in, had going on, was probably one of the better parts of the movie. I wasn't that enamoured with with what's his face. Mostly, you see, I can't remember his name. Um, no, I went in expecting the film to be a total car crash. Yeah. Like most of the, the previous DC movies have been absolute garbage, and I'm a big fan of DC comics, so it's you know I would I would prefer them to be good. That'd be great. But it was a lot better. Yes, to me it was immediately obvious which bits have been reshot. It's immediately noticeable which bits are Snyder and which bits are Whedon. That's pretty obvious. But there is a lot there. As you say, it's it's hopeful for a, a positive forward direction for what DC are trying to do. There is still the Snydery, everybody's bruising in the rain for no reason. But they, they managed to inject some fun. And yeah. I think the, the colour palette was lightened up. I really love seeing Superman in the bright coloured suit again. That was great. They let Superman make jokes, which never happens. That was amazing. And they let Superman be Superman for the first yeah. time. Yeah. He's actually that character. Yes. He was, yeah, I think this is the closest to actual comic soups we've seen on screen for a while, which is brilliant. And I, I really enjoyed the interactions between Soups and Wonder Woman. I've always liked their friendship in the comics, so that was, that was cool to see. Mm. Aquaman was just kind of there, which was a shame. But yeah. The Flash... Was great. I want a Flash solo movie made by Joss Whedon. So I think how that would be amazing. you mentioned the fact that Superman's different in this movie to Dawn of Justice. So how has he? How have they transitioned the character? Sort of changed him up. I haven't to wanted more to see like, Batman do Superman. They killed him. First. They <laughs> killed him. Spoiler alert for Batman vs Superman. And then him back so they could make his uh, his his, suit his personality more. completely different. Yeah. yeah. But so, uh, comic book soups is often described as the Boy Scout of America, and he is. Um, and if you look at like Man of Steel, which was rightly criticised for the total mass destruction, which is just <laughs> not Superman. That would never happen in a Superman comic. He wouldn't do that. So to have a soups who actually seem to care about things, there's a brilliant little interaction with him and the Flash where they go off to um, to save some civilians. They leave the other guys fighting the big bad, and they're aware there are civilians nearby, and they go to move them out of harm's way. And it felt a lot more in character. Talking of the big bad, Steppenwolf was this an yeah. actual misstep of a character to choose to be the big yeah, bad. Exactly. Yes. I mean, you've got a massive range of villains that you have in the DC universe. Steppenwolf is not who I would have picked. Apparently, the original plan was to link him in with Darkseid, which yeah. I actually think is a shame that they cut down. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because I think I when when they first conceived the two f- the films, Justice League, they were going to be it was going to be Justice League One and Justice League Two, and they were going to be directly linked. So this film should have led in. To a second film with Darkseid, which would have introduced the character yeah. of Darkseid. But Darkseid is just Thanos, and I think that's yeah, the biggest problem. Yeah. It's like you're just replaying what Marvel yeah, did like in the Avengers. I can understand why they didn't go with Darkseid as the villain for this piece because it would have been far too early. But again, like, like we we're saying, one of the scenes that did end up end up on the cutting room floor established more of a, a reason, basically, why Steppenwolf's going around and doing the things he does, and his relation to Darkseid. And um, so I think that would have. That, that being kept in the movie, I think, would have maybe helped it a little bit. I think but, it, was a, it was a mistake using 
the, the Kirby Fourth World characters as yeah. as, as the yeah. villains because that just takes that's you've got you know the main six characters who everybody's trying to get to grips say, with nobody knows who Cyborg is on the the hero side you've got no recognition yeah on the villain side unless yeah. you're actually a big well, DC fan I mean it's wonderful that they mention stuff like the Fourth World because I, it means that hopefully some point later on we'll get a Mister Miracle movie or a Bug movie or you know a Big Barder movie that would be yeah. fantastic um, but I think. With the with the post credit scene, the very last one, which bring, which bring you start to bring together some more earthly villains, they should have gone with that. You yeah. should have gone with more terrestrial based threats. I mean, there's, there's enough in the DC universe oh, God, yeah. that you could have picked any other character with a bit yeah. of brand recognition. Go, I mean, I mean, if if even if you look, as I said, it's going to be always compared to the Marvel movies. But even if you look at Doctor Strange, where you big bad in that movie was Dormammu, yeah. at least they explained Dormammu and where Dormammu comes from and yeah. the whole thing about the other worlds and the different dimensions. Yeah, and they could have done so much more with Steppenwolf. I think I think that's the big thing is that you don't get any explanation about who he is or what his motivations are, other than. The, the, the whole, the whole, his whole thing and the mother boxes stuff just not yeah. explained. But at least it does give us one of the great scenes in the movie. The whole bit on uh, Themyscira when the Amazons yeah. are just going. Yes. Although it was a CGI mess, and it would have been nice to have had it done just Rock live people, action with yeah. a little bit of enhancement. It was just a bit. Yeah. It was a bit kind of Lord of the Rings overkill. Yeah. Um, but you know the great scene where they're, they're sealing the room by them sacrificing themselves you know yeah. so many Amazons it was, were, yeah, it was, it very, was just a brilliant sequence it, 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 very fitted, it fitted very well with the, the character of the Amazons yeah. as well right to wrap it up is it worth A a cinema visit B a visit on Blu-ray or DVD I think it's worth a cinema yeah. visit yeah I mean we it, we both enjoyed it they, yeah they, that has its problems but it's nowhere near as bad so no exactly the, these... no, it's fun it was a fun enjoyable watch yeah I'd, I'd say for me it was probably about sort of like, like about seven out of ten. If nothing else, it's worth going just to see Superman's, <laughs> Superman's CGI top lip. Go for that. <laughs> Keith, I'd say yes, it's worth a cinema visit. Just just don't go in wanting to pick it apart. No, because if you start picking it apart, it will unravel quicker than Granny's jumpers at Christmas. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, just go in. Enjoy those characters being on on the big screen. You know we've waited God knows how many years to see the the, the pantheon of DC's characters together on screen, and and it's it's nowhere near as as problematic as Batman versus Superman. Um, go see it. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah. It'd be it'd be a shame that this film results in DC not being able to go forward anymore because they they they're starting to get it right. And rather than reboot everything and start again. You know, there's a chance for this to become something worthwhile and I think if we don't support it at the cinema it's it's going to kill it uh, for DC at the moment Guy I, I wouldn't even think about wasting a single penny to go and see a man wrapped in tinfoil not a chance I would watch it when it comes out on DVD or streaming just to pick it apart I'm Phil? still that person I have no interest in it whatsoever so mixed opinions in the room Justice fail. Thanks for joining us on the Geeky Premier Podcast this week. I hope we have entertained. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and follow us on all our social medias. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Phil, do you want to give the roundup? Uh, MySpace, Zuka, Bebo, um, Weibo, Face Party, eBay. 
Uh, plenty Brenda. of fish. My single friend, J date, Tinder, Christian Mingle, Christian Mingle, um, Amish orgy, um, <laughs> Ron.com, hot or not. What's face party? Um, <laughs> face party was a thing before Facebook. Right. Is it like friend face from the IT crowd? <laughs> and chitter. <laughs> Are we on right move and blue bricks? <laughs> Spareroom.com. Zoopla. Spock. We're on Spock. Oh, no, we're not on Spock. No one's on Spock. Spock, 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 that's what Discovery is. This is why it's Michael Burnham in Spark. is not ready. Anyway, moving along. Guy, where can we find you online? Social media. No, I'm not telling people because I'll get trolled again. No. Go and listen to Vinyl my, Guy H on Instagram. Go and listen to my uh, <laughs> random random show, Curiosity Crate on Mixcloud, mixcloud.com Curiosity Crate. George, where can we find you? You can find me at Caramel Latte Kiss, one L on Twitter, two L's everywhere else. You can also find my solo career at Mutant underscore friendly. Dave, where can we find you? Uh, it is Nama on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter at DWIT3187 and you can occasionally catch me with George on Mutant Friend of Me. Phil, where can we find you? Um, if you want to read my many opinions, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Look ginger with a blue with tick. A ginger beard and a blue tick. <laughs> or if uh, you want to tell me how pretty I am, you can find me on Instagram at Philip Ellis, all one word. Or just bump into him on the street and tell him. I mean, honestly, I like, just can't. He's growing his hair back, he needs confidence. <laughs> I'm, I'm growing out the buzz cut, and like it's a really sensitive time for me, so just. <laughs> Please send me all the validation that you can. If he's sitting at a railway station watching a film on his mobile phone, <laughs> you're very welcome to go and speak to him. Yes, <laughs> unless he has headphones in. <laughs> Keith? Uh, Hard Duck Hotel, pretty much everywhere. If you search for that, if it's not Count Docula, it's probably me. So there you hmm. go. Callan, have you remembered your Twitter profile this year? Make sure you spell it right. Yeah, and make sure it's the right one. <laughs> is, it, is it at, oh my god, I'm so young? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it shouldn't be. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dane's Radio. That's the A-Y-N-E-S. And make sure... R-A-D-I-O. <laughs> I, I need to get a jingle for mine. Out fresh Phil, out of the wheel. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, can you do me a... Um... <laughs> Did you just call Keith? Phil? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God's <laughs> sake. Every week. You're doing so well. Uh, Keith, can I get a jingle? <laughs> Not now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't get it wrong. The family resemblance at the moment is quite, quite stunning. But I'm sorry, they look like father and son at the minute. It's quite adorable. I, to be fair, I've been, I've been sat here the entire podcast. If you want to get married, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been sat across from them the entire podcast, and yeah, the whole time, every time I've looked up, I've gone, oh, that's nice. <laughs> father, father and son together again. To, to return, I've him. have you got a beep button ready? Yes, you. To- 
<laughs> to return to a sense of decorum, you can find myself online. No, 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 no. You can find you wandering around in woods with two guns in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me online at Ryan Parish for the personal Twitter, at Robbie Goldbond for the food blog, and as we said earlier, find us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Geeky Brummy on all of those. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell all your friends about the fun that we have, and join in. Let us know what you think. Well, the way things have gone for you and York this week, join in that second opening by, isn't it? <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to our high-quality podcast. If you like what we do, you can support us by visiting patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.